Hello and welcome back to the Hawk Moon Visions podcast, and I'm glad you showed up. Tonight, I have a very special guest. All the way from Chicago is Pandora Pappas. She's a psychic medium, a clairvoyant, and a pet psychic, and she just has the most calming energy. And we've crossed paths along the road of life and gotten to know each other a little bit, and I can't recommend her highly enough because she has really, really calming energy. Uh, And you get that presence, you know, when you first hear her voice. So I want you guys to stay tuned because I want you to get to know her. And, uh, and of course, you guys know that I'm very, very, very discerning when it comes to this kind of thing. So I I cannot recommend her highly enough. And I'll be right with you. And she will be right with you as well. Hello, Pandora. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Do, can you hear me pretty, pretty good? Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. It's actually amazingly good for recording interviews and stuff like that. It makes it so easy, as you can see, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. So I'm, this, I'm honored that you came on tonight. The way this will go down, all of the other stuff, your introductions will be there. So you'll hear it in the end, and I'll let you get a copy of it before I release it. So Okay. I'm so I'm so honored that you came on because I've been wanting to do this for a while, but you know how it is with what we do. We're just so busy. It's like you can never get done all of the things you need to get done, you know? Right. Exactly. So I've been watching you for a little bit. I have this funny thing because I have a real, real good friend also where I work at on the other app. And I don't usually mention that by name for you know, the obvious reasons I have you know, agreements with them, but. I'm really, really picky about who I would have on, you know, like I've had this vision for a while and this won't be the first podcast I've done, but I've watched a lot of your stuff. What I like about your work up front is that you, you hold a worldview similar to mine that there's nothing like set in stone that we're here for me. Like I feel that we're here to learn certain things, but it's a choose your own ending type of story. It's not really set in stone. And, and that's sometimes that's not even a philosophy you really encounter when you do this. You know, some people believe in the fixed ending. You know? Correct. Yeah. Like there's one script that we're born with and that's it. And there's no choices. And I think that we have many paths that we can walk. Yeah, that's me, too. And, and I get that a lot, too, when people come in and they say, well, is this the one? I said, first of all, I always tell them uh, there's no such thing. You know, there's, you may find a life partner, but you may have many soulmates in a lifetime that teach you different lessons. So you should never pass up one opportunity for love. Like people really focus on the the ending rather than, you know, the experience itself. And it can be frustrating. Like, why don't you just be here now and enjoy what you have now? And, and usually that's what makes the future pan out. If you, if you focus on the moment rather than where you're going. So for me, that was an intriguing philosophy and you calm me down. Like when I listen to your posts, like, I'm really, really wild. You already know that. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, and I'm high strung, too. I'm really high strung in real life, especially when I drive, because I don't drive much anymore. I used to be a trucker. And so now I don't drive much anymore. I get out. It's like, I don't beep at other people and do all the standard stuff, but I still, you can tell I'm not happy, you know, when I'm in the car. But yeah. when I listen to your posts, they calm me down. And so, and that's, to me, that's a, that's a gift. But if you have a calming energy, because people are really restless these days. And so having that calming energy is a really nice gift, you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, um, it's how I am. It's how I um, try to move through life is, you know, with that idea of mindfulness, living each moment the best way that I can. Have you ever seen the mindfulness movie? I haven't. I need to. 
you got it for free and, and then I, I think you can get it on amazon but i liked it because it was so entertaining and it has like this couple and they're kind of having this conversation back and forth throughout the movie and then they go into all the benefits of mindfulness and uh, that was my first introduction, but it was done so well. I recommend it to all my clients because it's just kind of really accessible, you know, like most people couldn't relate to it. And that, that's why I usually recommend that one. But it, it changed my life because I'm always, you know, I always tell people we're in the past with regret or we're in the future with anxiety. We're rarely somewhere here in the middle experience in life. And that's really, you know, that's the secret. It is. Yeah. And especially it's a place to keep ourselves in um, mind, body, spirit, health. Because if we allow ourselves to go into so much future thought, it creates tons of anxiety. And if that anxiety isn't worked on, it eventually takes root in the body and creates disease. Yeah, and absolutely. And that's, I mean, even that's not just a metaphysical perspective. That's even a scientific perspective. If we worry too much or whatnot, it leads to, it leads to bad health. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And people, um, I think they're so conditioned right now to come from a, a space of anxiety that they don't really know how to tone it down. So the work that we do to help people to refocus on the things that they really have control over, and the only thing we ever can ever have control over is this moment now, it really is valuable. And, and training them, you know, helping them to repeat the lessons so that they can carry it forward and maybe even spread that to others is pretty incredible, powerful work. Yeah, you know, and it's weird. Like, I used to have an issue too sometimes with working. Like, I didn't want to work when I wasn't in a good mood or I wasn't in a good space. But I started learning over time because, you know, I haven't been doing this near as long as you. Like, I've, you know, I've how long have you been doing Like, four or five years professionally, but I was always uh, psychic my whole life. I mean, incredibly so. Like, and everyone who knew me knew it, and they think he's an eerie guy, but. I actually squeezed into this one, you know, I had to take some time off trucking to, you know, I had studied runes all my life and things like that. But because I'd always been intuitive, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe there's a reason why I'm just sitting here with nothing to do. And I had to get some help. You know, you have to have your health up, you know, when, when you truck. And so I had to take like a month off and, and I just decided to try it. I was like, you know, I never really thought about working with people in this way. And then of course, on the platform I was at, I kind of rose quickly but I was really green. It was just something I, I feel like it's helped me because I'm kind of antisocial in some ways. Like I really am introverted and it's kind of opened me up a little bit, but at first it was tough, you know, separating from the energy and, you know, learn. And so when, when I'm in my bad space, I feel like the clients actually help me come into a good space because I have to recognize that in myself before I can help guide them there, you know? Yeah, very much so. Yes, I agree. Um, and sometimes being in the space of um, giving your energy, giving and healing and helping, um, naturally, you receive that healing energy as well. Yeah, and it's, and it's weird because my wife said, you got to learn to shift gears because I come from a world where we shout and it's okay. You know, like, you know, a trucker's job wasn't like, say, when I was a realtor, you had to, they even told me when I went to do it, they was like, you can't say what you think. You can't say everything you would think. And I was like, okay, because it, it takes me a while to get that. You can't actually be real in all places. And so, you know, at least the way I like to wild out, like you've seen some of that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, tell us a little about yourself, your journey. What led you to this path? How long you've been doing it? What was your journey like? And what made you know that you, this is what you wanted to do with your life? 
Okay, so I have a story that goes way back <laughs> to childhood. Um, my parents and my grandparents all had psychic ability. Um, so I grew up in an environment where it was normal to be able to express what I was seeing or feeling. And that my earliest memories were of some uh, past life dreams, um, past life visions when I was awake, like two and three years old in the car, having big uh, stories and conversations with my mom about when I was here before and how different the cars looked when I was here. And I was describing scenes of what would have been, you know, like the early, early 1900s or late 1800s. And it was very interesting because she would just ask me more questions. And that way I would be able to discuss the details more. And she started playing uh, psychic games with me um, where she would think of an object and ask me what it was, what did I see? What color was it? What shape was it? And that started early, like I said, three or four years old. And then when I was around eight years old, um, both she and my grandmother taught me how to read playing cards. So not oh, yeah. tarot, but just a regular deck of playing cards. <laughs> and um, did you learn that way too? Yeah, my cousin, you know, my people's come from Appalachia. So my cousin, you know, was the first person that introduced me to that method. Yeah, it's very interesting because it, um, it gives you just as much information, I think, as um, tarot. You know, I branched into tarot early um, and I was self-taught. Um, I read a ton of books and, and then just carried what I knew from playing cards into tarot and other methods of divination, oracle decks, all of that when I was in my early teens to mid-teens. And I actually started reading professionally when I was 18 um, because people um, saw me <laughs> reading cards for myself at the video store that I used to manage. So they started asking me for readings and it went from there. <laughs> so it's been an interesting journey. It definitely has, but coming from the roots that I had with uh, my parents both understanding and also promoting my gifts, it made it um, easy to be this way. You know, a lot of people didn't have it so easy. I'm very grateful for having such a supportive environment. That was like that for me as well. Like my mom was like that. And, you know, my mom grew up in a, in a house on the mountainside in, in Appalachia. And we literally couldn't even get up there all the way by car. And we didn't have running water. I mean, we're talking about this is some stuff right out of a movie. And there's like a history of like spirit contact in the family. There's lots of stories, you know, and we have Cherokee and, and Blackfeet on my mother's side. So it's like mm -hmm. all that stuff kind of meshed together in Appalachia. But my mother always knew everything, man. She like knew when we were going to get in trouble, uh, what we were up to. And then we would come in, you know, and, and it would be this big giant like Bible like in front of us. And she'd have a verse picked out, you know, and we would just giggle about it. But she always she would wake up in the middle of the night, just sit up and be like, your brother's in trouble. And I'd be like, what? You know, so she, and she would have these dreams. So she was supportive. When I was really young, I had this jump in intelligence at around nine where, you know, it's a big life event type of thing. So I was reading all kinds of things outside of, you know, you know, my level. And I guess they told her at school to just let me kind of go. And I had this chest full of all these books. And back then there was the Marler Publishing Company that was out of like Minneapolis or something. And there was a lot of eccentric books and whatnot so i'd have this chest full of all these crazy books you know all the old stuff like psychic telemetry and you know and my mom never really messed with it she just kind of left it like as part of you know 
my development didn't really give me a big lecture about it anything so it was kind of you know it was it wasn't like they were a part of the process but you could tell they were just let him do what he's doing you know let him do his thing so and, and then i had this thing with runes and what really brought me to runes and was language but when i was four i was in brighton square alexandria manitoba drive and me and this guy was going to stay out in a, you know like a thunderstorm and we were going to hide in these little concrete tunnels that were in the playgrounds and then just before the sky turned purple I, and we didn't know there was a tornado warning lightning flashed in the sky like, go home and i learned to read before i went into you know kindergarten my mom had taught me but the weird thing was is me and my friend alex we just looked at each other like we were in a trance and we went home and we never talked about it and i never told anyone until i was an adult so when i went to the uh smithsonian they had a book there on the gods and myths of the viking age so i was fascinated with thor even though i don't really believe it was something of that nature it was like that's where my imagination went with it you know when i was young and the runes were always a part of my life you know all of my life uh, so i never knew i was going to read but that was kind of how i came to i really feel like there's mysteries in those symbols that are like language you know for me everything's information math so i, I kind of read a little different than some i really don't do the astrology and stuff mm -hmm. the runes are um <clears throat> excuse me runes are very interesting especially when you do bind runes and and you create combinations and then use those symbols even around your home i actually paint um bind rune paintings i have oh, a whole wow. series of them <laughs> in my house yeah well, they're basically they're just, like little sigils, you know, like they're little, like a meta language to your brain or something, you know. They are. They are. I've um, I started studying runes probably in my teens as well. And I've made a couple of sets myself just with river rocks and things. Um, but they are really an amazing language. And they're great uh, for a personal tool as well, not just to read for other people. I'm sure you've noticed that, too. Yeah, I mean, for years, that's what it was for me. In fact, before I actually started reading, what I did was I, I went on to Craigslist and I would just, I gave away free ones to practice. I, I was always naturally intuitive, but I did notice a lot of people, they like the tools, the flash and the cards. For me, I got thing, you know, and so I actually started using them in a divinatory way later. Because they're symbols, like they're not right, clear. Right. Yeah, they're very um, powerful symbols. I've always felt that. Um, and I've thought about getting a couple of tattoos with them as well. Do you have any tattoos with runes just for your power symbols or anything? No tattoos. We never did that. I, I used to joke with my wife and say, I don't want any physical evidence. You know, I don't want an identifying marker just in case I ever get on the lamb, you know? <laughs> I have one tattoo that I designed, so but it's not runes. So it's just one. And it took me forever to get it. So I had to make sure that I was committed to what I was putting on my body. So I understand where you're coming from. No, I love them too. That's the thing. It's just like now it's like I'm late in life, you know, well, not late, but feels late. You know, I'm 52 now. It's like, you know, it's probably going to be something. It's going to look like a turkey or something, you know, in a, in a few months, you know. <laughs> that's what my mom always said was not to get too many piercings or tattoos because i'm going to be a grandmother one day and what am i going to look like <laughs> with all that I mean, stuff done to me right we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it people are aging a lot better now you know i mean we're, you know we don't look as 
if, 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 if maybe I'm just old, I think when you start getting a little older, you start seeing people look, looking younger that are older. You know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. So you do the pet psychic thing and you're also clairvoyant and you pretty much do the mediumship as well. So you do all three. I do. Yeah, I do um, regular psychic readings and a lot of work with um, loved ones who've crossed over. And then the animal communication is either with um, animals who are here who might be having behavioral issues or having trouble like introducing a new animal to the household, things like that or um, uh, loved pets who've crossed over, obviously. (laughs) Um, I think some of my favorite work is actually, it's two things. It's helping people to break old patterns so that they can move forward in life and then working with loved ones in spirit. Because being able to bring through like the final conversations or final questions answered, it brings so much comfort to people and I really enjoy that experience and you know sometimes people don't get a chance like my daddy died slow so you know you and we came up hard you know my people my people's come out of Appalachia so we were we came up tough so you know it wasn't normal for you know men to say I love you and all that stuff but we had time but some people don't have that time they just they they just never had the conversation and it really really messes them up you know like it's it's hard on them when they don't get that closure you know so i'm sure doing that really helps people get some of that closure it does yeah it definitely does and the fun part of it is sometimes um loved ones will come through giving um silly stories or ways to express who they are to make their loved one my client laugh you know, to bring them joy and a joyous memory to not only confirm who they are, who I'm connected with, but to just show that their memories of those joyous things are still very present with them on the other side. And they often um, give the reminders to celebrate rather than grieve because we who are left behind do the grieving. Those walking the earth plane have a harder time processing a passing than the soul that crosses over. Sometimes we forget that once someone crosses over, they actually have freedom from a lot of the lessons and a lot of the the heaviness that that was here on the earth plane for them. And there's no time there. It's it's a hard thing to wrap your mind around, but in a sense, we're there already. That's the wild part that's really hard for people to grasp. And I mean, we're starting to get it. You know, for me, I I try to see all that stuff. I'm really into like trying to understand everything. That's my thing. But there's a part of us when we speak of this higher self or what you are there already. It's a timeless place. There is no time. So I feel like we come here and we're eager to come here, even if it's tough. Eager to come here because we learn things. You know, we learn exactly, and we rest a bit. But there's no real time. It's hard to really explain that to people. Like. There's no real time there. How can you talk to them? What if they incarnated again? Doesn't matter. There's a part of each of us that eternally dwells with source, always there, you know, and, and we go back to that when we take a break from this. You know? Right. And we stay connected to our soul family, whether our soul family is here or there, whether they're alive or, or in the spirit realm, we still stay connected with our soul family. And that soul family is vast. It's not just the people who we've known in this lifetime. It's a hard concept for some people to understand. And even sometimes for me to understand some of the things that are revealed by spirit, you know? 
it's mystical, you know. One of the things that opened me up, you know, when I was younger was just too much experimentation. But some of that experimentation made me really, you know, and I, I developed a respect for it. Many, many years ago, I told my wife, even with certain things that now they're coming into the therapy, I was like, one of these days, they're going to actually use this to help heal people. And, uh, and so when I would have those experiences, which, you know, albeit were illegal at the time, it really, really made me think of the world. And if you've ever read Ram Dass's here, be here now, you know, he had like a, you know, a long, you know, line of experiences like that. And for me, it was like, there's just no way you, that this can just be an accident. There's just too many, there's too many signs everywhere that this is design, you know, and I want to know, you know, I want to know what it is, but I could never commit to religion. I, you know, I never, and I, and I respect religion. I, I don't like any kind of bigotry at all. Everyone's path is different and, you know, and, and I try to respect that with everyone that I meet, you know, but it never worked for me, you know. Um, I was uh, given the opportunity to choose and given a lot of um, education about different religions. And um, I sort of feel the same way that you do, that the organization of religion at times can feel um, bigoted or constricting in some way. Um, but it's so powerful to have um, a belief system and a sense of right and wrong, you know, sort of like your personal code of ethics that may or may not directly associate to a religion or to spirituality, but it's your personal code of ethics. You know, that belief system is super, super important, you know, because it supports you and then it helps you to communicate that with others. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in a church on Sunday. No. And, and you know, the thing is with me, I can pray with anyone, anywhere, anytime. And some would say, well, how do you do that? I said, because there's only one thing. And when you go back, you know that there's only one thing. Mm -hmm. It's all consciousness, one mind. There's nothing else. So, you know, that's how I can do that. Love is the essence of, you know, what you're supposed to learn from these things. I can, because no matter what a conception about spirit is, doesn't make it anything other than what it is. And, exactly. and, and we're all part of that, you know, and it's not really monotheism. I'm speaking here because I'm a little bit of everything, an animist, a pantheist. I, mean, I don't even know if we can even define it, you know, but for me, it's there's only one thing, and and we are the only divine beings that we've ever really encountered. Meaning, if you want to respect spirit or what lies hereafter or God, then you have to respect each other because we're the living example of that. What else is there? We're the only divine beings we've ever met, unless you met them in spirit, you know. True, yeah, that's very true. But I feel um, that a lot of people, um, they undervalue themselves and they don't understand how important they are and how unique they are and what they bring to the world. You know, a lot of people I find are so um, conditioned to feel like they belong once they are in a partnership. Once they have finally found someone to want them, then they feel as though they belong and that they are special rather than owning that, that, uniqueness ahead of time you know before you meet someone else you've got to own it within if you don't i've been i've been married 27 years and even being in a happy marriage or having a good relationship you're still going to have ups and downs in your life you're still going to have existential crisis like it all still unfolds. You go through life changes 
that's what worries me about a lot of people. That me, and my wife, and I found each other when we weren't looking. We had detached from the idea of ever finding someone. And as soon as we detached from it, we met each other. We were married within six months of knowing each other. It was oh, almost that's like detaching was what really brought that into my life, you know. Yeah, that's really incredible, you know, and, and that you have that powerful, you know, long lasting connection, because that's a kind of trust that develops and, <clears throat> excuse me, and connection that develops over time that's irreplaceable. But I tell you, it's worth every minute of it. But for me, a lot of people, they, they, they're in love with the idea of what, and they're kind of loving themselves through someone else. You have to love yourself first. You can't selfishly approach it that way. It's like, I get a little like that. You got to get them first. Like right. right. I think it's just, it's so important, you know, to think about companionship and, and connection. It's so, so important because we're not supposed to be on this planet alone. And the pandemic, I think, showed a lot of people that it confirmed that for them. That I didn't, you know that being alone was really difficult. I didn't do well, and I'm usually home a lot. It was the whole for me. It was the whole, and without going deep into this one because it's not a good rabbit hole to go down. But it was a whole idea that there's secrets and censorship, and you can't speak about this. And and I'm like really outspoken, and just that aspect of it alone and the isolation. Man, really, really. Oh my gosh. Yes. Very difficult. I didn't think it would, but it was just like, it was the whole idea of being told. Like, I'm really, you know, like, bad side of me. If I get told something, I'm like, nah, I'm going to do that type of thing. Right. And expression, not being able to express an idea, fear it's taboo or the wrong idea, that really bothered me a lot, too. You know? Very much so. I understand. Now, would you, I wanted to ask you, if there is, what is your sole purpose? Like if there's one thing, if you had only one thing, which I know you're going to accomplish a, a zillion things while you're here, but if you had one thing you would call your sole purpose, what would you call it? Um, so I feel that my purpose is to help people connect on a deeper level with themselves, to really meet themselves. And from that, everything uh, expands, everything grows from that sense of knowing and, and understanding self. Yeah, and to me, that's a big mission because most people, I, I feel like that's the secret to everything is being able to dwell with yourself, love yourself, and be happy. If that's the state of your being to the day you die and you don't find someone, you should still be able to be happy and fulfilled. And if you don't have that first, it's it's not really conditional happiness on things that are happening. Now we don't want tragedies and things like that, but it's an interstate first. And then you, you tend to attract those kind of things that are good for you afterwards. Not, I get that. And now I'm happy. Well, right. Exactly. And I'm a, a true believer in the vibration that we put out in the world being that, which we reflect. So you got to put the energy out there in a good way to get the good back. Because if you're coming from a pessimistic place or a place of self-hatred, what you're going to end up surrounded by is an exact reflection of who you are and what you're feeling. A mirror, basically, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand you know, that. 
it's hard to internalize because sometimes when you really try to show people, you have to be careful. Like you have to really learn a lot about language doing this because you don't want a person to feel like they're blaming themselves. But you also want them to internalize that, you know, what's within you is without you. So like the language really matters, like how you present to a person. Cause I've got, you know, seen people get really defensive and you know, you don't want to make them uncomfortable, but you want to make them aware so that they can make changes, you know? Yes. Yes. The awareness is key, you know, to be able to see something, become aware of it and move through it and, and continue, you know, because sometimes our, um, our roadblocks within can really stop our, our lives. They can also get in the way of the abundance flow. You know, if we have this um, mindset of lack that there's never going to be enough, then what are we going to create? Well, we're going to create a life that doesn't have enough. But if we plug into all of the goodness that is us and bring happiness to the world and have a positive belief that universe um, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, will be in alignment with our highest good. If we too are in alignment with our highest good, then things happen. But if you're thinking it's never going to be there, well, it's never going to be there. You know, it goes back to, you know, when they were actually doing tests, you know, and then a lot of people quote this, and none of us really know the physics, but when they were trying to decide maybe the 50s, 60s, if if light was a, a particle or a wave, and of course they shoot this photon through a tube and on the other side, everyone who thought it was a particle, it behaved like a particle. And the others who thought it was a wave, it behaved like a wave. So on a subatomic level, we're influencing reality. But the thing is that people get, that I try to really emphasize in my work, it's important that you expect things, not aspire to them. If you aspire to see the, the reason why that was different for those two observers or several observers was expectation. So the, the real secret language to, I mean, perhaps that's maybe even the secret language to prayer is you expect it to, to be. You really, you really expect those good things to happen. You're like, you're not aspiring to be that. You're already seeing yourself as that as you work towards it. And, and that's what makes it work. It is, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the key is you've got to believe that, that it is. You can't immediately then think to yourself, oh, that sounds silly. No, it's never going to happen because then you, you cancel it and you don't want to cancel those positive images and thoughts that you're creating. There went your expectation. You know? Right, really right. It's the, it's the absolute, and it's simple. You know, like when I read that, because I read a lot of different spiritual books just on my quest, but I love the, the way it states in the Bhagavad Gita that, Enlightenment itself is so simple that even a child can grasp it. And, and the way to it was actually see the love of God in all things, you know, seeing spirit in everything, all beings. And so it's like, that's exactly how I see it. It's really, really. And sometimes when you're, you're walking in alignment, you, I don't know about other people, but I'm not very emotional normally, but I sometimes will have these spontaneous little, you know, cries. And it's not a bad thing. It's more like I'm, I'm so glad that I'm in that space or something, you know, and, and, and my wife will experience it too. And she'll be like, well, I don't want to be a crybaby. I said, no, usually when I'm in my best space, I get the waterworks once in a while because I'm, I'm having more empathy and you know? I'm, I'm walking in alignment, you know? Mm -hmm. It's true. And it is beautiful when you can have those moments of emotion organically happen, you know, not, not forced. 
Well, that's how you really know, too, because that's for me, each time that I've been in that place and I get out of that place, when I come back to it, I feel like a kid again. Like, like I knew this all along. I've known it all my life. It's like I keep going back in circles and come back to the space, you know. It doesn't really change. Right, right, exactly. It's just there. It's like, in, and then being able to just come back to that space. And for me, it's always like I, I care more. I have more gratitude too. That's how you know too when you're in alignment. You have more gratitude. You're thankful for the things that you have, even if they're small, you know. And it's a sense of peace inside. It's not um, an ongoing feeling of turmoil. You know, when you're in alignment, it's it's a peaceful space inside. Yeah, and that's, that's what I've noticed too. And that's why I always go back to, you know, like with the religion stuff, I always go back to this thing learned out of the Bible. Trees known by its fruit is what it is. So what's the fruit on the tree saying right now? Is it, is it nice and ripe and juicy or is it, you know, is it dry and withering up? You know, it's a simple concept. You're in a good space. Good things are happening around you and people feel that energy when you come around. Mm-hmm. They do. They naturally do. They naturally gravitate. Now I want to talk about, because I wanted to do this about you. I wanted to talk about what, because I want to make sure that people know who you are, because I'm going to be doing a lot of these kind of things. And I want to make sure each episode's about that person, you know? And uh, so what makes you unique, that special thing that you have that, you know, because I, I know a lot of advisors and each of them have unique gifts. Some of them, you know, amazing. And you have that calming energy, but I know you have something else that you usually let people know that you have to offer? Um, so for me, I, I feel very confident with timeframes, with predictions, um, and also knowing that I am able to really listen and uh, gently bring through the information that someone needs at that time. So I don't sugarcoat things, but I also don't hit somebody in the forehead. <laughs> so it's a very, you know, like uh, calming, supportive environment, safe environment uh, when I do a, a session with someone. And then definitely the time frames, because I feel like that's key uh, to certain questions that people ask. You know, time frames are not always important, but in some cases they are. And I'd like to be able to be as precise as I can with that. Um, and the other thing that I feel like I, I bring is um, a true um, relationship with my client because I even have clients from 1988 <laughs> who still see me annually. So, you know, that says something for the, the relationship and the, the safe space and the trust. And obviously accuracy, because if I wasn't accurate, they wouldn't be coming back either. <laughs> Well, the thing is, too, they you end up being a lot like a coach. That's why I got into coaching, too, because the, the work I love the most were those clients that they just check up with you sometimes just to let you know how things are going. And you're not just to let you know that the guidance helped them, but they they become your friends. I mean, and, and it, you, it's hard if you do good work to, to not see that the lines get blurry once in a while with that, you know, trying to see it from a business perspective versus, well, now I'm genuinely for this person a mentor to this person so you know it's it's a fine line yes it's true um and getting those those follow-up calls and and updates is extremely extremely positive you know it really just reaffirms the work that we do 
it makes it all worth it because some of it's chaotic as you know especially if you've worked on lines before i i do i still mm -hmm. work on lines and i do too yeah a little harder work i feel sometimes you know because it's you know you don't know what's coming through um well there's another aspect which is that um you deal with a lot of people under duress um yeah. so when someone is seeking an um, immediate call with someone, they're in a high period of stress, anxiety, they're under duress because of a certain situation and they need an answer right now. Now that means that we're helping to calm them in the hopes that they'll receive the reading well and be able to respond well. But sometimes that heightened state doesn't allow them to receive all of it and they might not be able to take all of it away with them, you know? So my hope is always that someone comes back when they have calmed that initial energy so that they can actually receive all of the good that's there for them. And the delivery matters. Like I've talked with other advisors that maybe aren't as experienced. I say, it's not your job just to be right. It's your job to make sure that they're ready to what you're allowed, about to lay on them. And sometimes yes. you have to do it a certain way, you know, just being right or correct is, is pompous and arrogant, you know? You know, one of the yeah. accuracy, but the whole idea that you're always right, it doesn't matter. What matters is you deliver it to them in such a way that they take it in at the timing they can actually handle what you're handing to them. Right. And a lot of it comes um, also uh, down to the fact that you can empower a client by giving them the answer to their question, but also you empower them to be able to choose what their next step is. So if spirit reveals something to them, like a spouse who's cheating, then you can focus on the empowerment of now, which path will you be taking? Will you be staying to heal the relationship or will you be stepping aside so that you walk to your next relationship? You know, so offering options and, and uh, clarifying so that it's not just the reaction to the answer of the question. Yes. I think that that would help. When I was green, let me tell you, that was the biggest skill that you had to learn. People ask me, what, do you, what is the main skill you have to have to do that? So we have to be able to get information they need, but it's not just that, it's empathy. Instead of lecturing yes. people about what they should do, you need to sit with them in any state of being that they're, they're in the mud. You get in the mud with them and you sit with them, you know. Sit with them and hopefully um, teach them some tools that they can take forward with them, whether it's um, to help them with some breathing exercises or direct them to a meditation or even talk through a meditation with them on the spot, things that can help to calm their mind that they can understand, hey, this worked for me, I wanna do this again. And then they'll have that tool forever. And you know, part of this I think is teaching too, you know? Yeah, I noticed that. I, that was the hardest part for me because in real life, believe it or not, I'm very introverted, like I'm cat people. And so I don't mm -hmm. really have the vibrant social life that I once did when I was younger. But I really feel like this work kind of helped me in that way, because I'm going to be introverted as it is, but I get to connect with people from around the world. And, you know, and that helps me because I don't think it's healthy for anyone to be that insulated, you know. True. I agree. Well, I mean, even going out and um, connecting with um, animals, you know, <laughs> you, 
even if you're not talking to the people in your neighborhood, going out and connecting with the animals and connecting with nature is better than just being contained in your own space. We visit all the neighbors' pets in the neighborhood. The, the pit bull up the road cries when we come. And I, we didn't come for a couple of days, actually. We walked in the park. And when we came back, because she started expecting us every, you know, every time we walked through there, every, that time of day, she would come out. When we saw her again, she cried and whined. And I knew what she was saying. I literally, like, where you been? I've been waiting every day, you know, like because we came <laughs> at the same time. And you could hear it, like you know. And I don't normally do the pet psychic thing, but that's exactly what I heard. Like, man, I've been waiting every day for you to come pet me. But we love animals <laughs> here too. How sweet! Oh, I love that. My kitty cat is like we're inseparable, and so you know, he's getting old though, and he's a big guy, so that day is coming. I just hope it isn't too soon, you know. So I wanted to ask you, do you have any new like things coming up, events you're going to do, things you want to talk about? Because I'll, I'll probably release this toward the weekend and put it all together. And so if you've got something you know, coming up, you know, something like that. Um, well, Saturday is my birthday. So that's always something fun to look forward to. <laughs> Happy birthday. But aside from that, I'm sorry I talked over you. I couldn't hear you. No, it's all right. Happy birthday in advance. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so the other things that are going on, I am, um, I've written a chapter in a book that's going to be released on August 2nd on Amazon. It's called Own Your Awesome. And it's a collaboration with uh, 26 authors, all uh, telling a different story about how to own your awesome and step into your authenticity. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm doing more writing on my own as well. And my ongoing work with clients, of course. And I'm looking forward to doing some lives on TikTok and Instagram and hopefully doing a couple of those with you if you're open to it. I would love to do it. I would love to do yeah, it. Yeah, because those are fun. I really like those. Um, you know, otherwise, I have had a lot of interest in um, doing a, a course. Um, so that's in the works as well, but it looks like it's going to end this year or beginning of next year. And it's a psychic development course. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. That sounds like fun. I've been thinking about doing some of that too, because I have a lot of room knowledge, but it's finding time for all this stuff. Like I'm just finding all the time. So where they, can they find you at? You're like your website. Okay. So my website is pandorap.com. So it's Pandora, like Pandora's box. And the letter P, like Pandora, com and um, I'm on YouTube as Pandora Psychic and TikTok as Pandora Psychic and Instagram as Pandora Psychic. All right, and I'll put I'll put your link in the bio for this and everything, and I'll get all that stuff to you before you get it. I appreciate you coming on. I'm very picky, and all of my advisor friends that work with me on other platforms will say bringing you here. I'm very very picky, so you should feel honored. Not that I'm you know my opinion is you know elevated but i'm really picky about the type of person that i would you know promote and i just think you've got really great energy and i recommend her just one if you need a reading this person calms my wild spirit and everyone who knows me knows that i'm wild as the wind oh thank you so much matt i loved being on here and i look forward to being able to share it everywhere all right, I'm going to get it all done. And when I get it done, I'll, I'll send it to you and then we'll, we'll let it out by the weekend so we can pump it up a little bit before we let it go. 
Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Matt. You have a great week. All right, you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Well, thanks again for listening to the podcast. I appreciate everyone who actually takes the time to hear us ramble. Isn't she cool? I told you guys she was cool. She has really calming energy. You need to check her out on on the web. I'm going to put links up in the episode so you'll be able to find her. I You need to go see her if you're just looking for some answers and maybe just some calming energy because I feel like she has a lot to offer and she has a unique style. So until the next time, and uh, we'll be interviewing people pretty regularly here and I have some exciting things lined up, so you stay tuned. I'll actually be playing some music on the show not too long from now. Maybe do some live stuff. So, you know, we're going to have some fun. We'll mix it up. But I really want to focus on guests. Until next time, we'll see you guys again. We're at hawkmoonvisions.one on the web. And you guys have a good night and a good weekend. 